Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. That's the music. It's Saturday. It is 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for Gaming Gumbo, brought to you by Ready Check Radio. This is your gaming weekly wrap-up news podcast. And, of course, we're doing the show live over at twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you're watching on YouTube, on uh, listening on Spotify, head on over to the website, readycheckradio.com. That's R-A-I-D-E-O. Dot com. Give all the socials a follow. Spread the word to your friends. Bring them to the shows. Come and hang out. we got chat standing by. I'm sure they'll have lots to say. We've got a lot to talk about this week. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, and I've got my, my friends with me to teach you about stonks today. Mr. Jason Winter, how are you, sir? What'd you get me? What, what do you mean, what did I get you? It's my birthday. What'd you get me? Um, welcome to the show. I am, you know... Happy birthday! Some friend. He says he's my friend, but happy birthday! I, not not I like I don't know your birthday. Is it legitimately your birthday? I thought you were a yeah, little yeah. closer to mine. I thought you were a February baby. Nope, nope. It legitimately is. Happy birthday, sir! Happy birthday. I guess thanks, but you didn't give me anything. So I'll buy you The Witcher thanks. Three. Oh wait, you won't play. It. <laughs> also on the line, Yod. How are you? Welcome back. All right, took that week off, which was nice. <laughs> Take a week off. Yeah, we had Troy come in last week because, of course, we we're gonna bust his chops about all types of things, bless related. Yes, happy birthday to Jason Winter. Happy birthday, chat. Happy birthday, giving Jason. Giving you the, the happy birthday. Mine's in a couple of weeks, so a little show note on that one. By the way, we will still have a uh, gaming gumbo next Saturday. That is the sixth of February. That show is still on. We will not have a show. The following weekend, nor will Torchwick be streaming. That'll be uh, February 13th. Uh, Both of us will be out of town for my birthday, uh, my 40th birthday. Yay. Mm, That's when everything started falling apart for me. (laughs) That's that's when you had to trade the knees in, the hips in, and everything. The knees, and now now it's the shoulder. Just give them all back. We're done. Uh, Yeah, I I can... Chad, if you see me doing this during the show, it just means the shoulder's tightening up a little bit. I got to keep it loose. Just got to keep it loose. So, yeah, normal schedule next weekend and then no uh, shows uh, the following weekend. But then we'll be right back the the following Saturday. So just a week off for Gaming Gumbo. Uh, And those of you that follow the other shows, Snowbound is not impacted at all. And uh, Relic Grind, go watch the episode we just put up. Uh, It'll explain where we're moving some shows rather than canceling them. Uh, all right, so gentlemen, kind of let's get to it, right? Obviously, the big news in the world of gaming oh this week, oh boy. without a shadow of a doubt, is the whole GameStop situation, the whole GameStop stock situation. Now, a small disclaimer here, <laughs> a small disclaimer here, just in case any of you are maniacs, we are not giving you financial investment advice on this show. Ooh. To my knowledge, none of the three of us are certified accountants. Uh, we are not. We are not involved in investment management. Uh, and while we will certainly have opinions on this topic, we are not recommending buying or selling of any particular trades 
on Wall Street or investment advice. Seek the help of a professional uh, if you want that type of that advice. That was mostly ones, by the way. Just to- yeah, was, he's a, he pulled the, the the perfect trick. Here's a twenty with some ones behind it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I sold my uh, my my math skill points to be able to draw. Yeah, so makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah you you picked. He's like, yeah, I, when I you rolled your character, so you picked right. you picked a different uh, category. All right, so right. we do have to want to talk about it, what the gist of uh, the whole GameStop situation is, and we'll do a little bit of a, a, a stocks lesson here. Not not a lot. We're gonna take a high view of it, but just to catch some of you up on like how could this even happen, right? So uh, let, we need to go back just a little bit. Uh, it is not true that Wall Street bets just jumped on GameStop, uh, GameStop stock in the past like week or two. They've a lot of the the audience there on that Reddit has been looking at GameStop for to give credit where due for like a year to almost two years now. Now they didn't anticipate going in this direction with things two years ago, but there were some people deciding to put some money into GameStop. Uh, on the stock market. And most people, I think, Jason, have a basic understanding of the stock market, right? In that you want to buy shares in a company with the hope that they will go up and at some point you will sell those shares and make a profit. I think most people get that aspect. Yeah, yeah. That's the easy part. That's the easy part. (laughs) That's the easy part. But as if Wall Street wasn't dehumanizing enough, you can actually, for lack of a better term bet against a company as well. This is called shorting, and you've probably heard that term all over the internet the past week and a half. Well, uh, there's a few different ways to short a stock, but I'm just going to give a really basic common example. Uh, Not all of this is not the only way you can short a stock, but it's important to know what this is because as it turns out, while individual investors might have liked that, hey, GameStop's going to kind of rebound, I think, as they transition to this online, more online than than brick and mortar. They bring in the uh, the owner of Chewy as a new majority stakeholder. He's got an internet-only business. He can help them make that. These are all good moves. You know, I, I'm going to buy. I think it'll go up a little bit. However, as it turns out, <laughs> there were very, very big financial institutions, mostly hedge funds, betting against GameStop as if the stock market, like I said, wasn't dehumanizing enough. When you bet against a stock, it's called shorting the stock. And what it means in just basic terms, gentlemen, is that you're hoping the stock price of a given stock will go down because here's how a basic short, just one of many ways to do it would work. Jason, you got 100 shares in GameStop, right? You own 100 yep. shares in GameStop. You bought those at what, 50 a piece? Mm. Cool. Um, can I borrow those? And in 30 days, I'll give them back. And we'll, sure, here, here we, we'll sign a contract and Jason will you know, maybe make some fees off of just, you know, yeah, you better give me something for this. Yeah, yeah little, just the bit. act of lending me the shares. He's probably going to get a fee, whatever the contract stipulates. But now I have Jason's 100 shares of GameStop that are worth $50 a piece right now when I borrowed them. But in 30 days or six months or whatever the contract says, but most of these are short term, in 30 days, I got to give those 100 shares back to Jason. But I think the price is going to go down on this stock. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Jason's 100 shares that I just borrowed off of him, and I'm going to sell them right now 
for 50 bucks a piece and scrape five grand in cash. Seems pretty cool. And what I think will happen is in two or three weeks, the price is going to go down to $20 a piece. And at that point, I'll buy back 100 shares, spend $2,000, give that those 100 shares back to Jason to satisfy my contract, and I scraped an easy 3K, Yacht. Interesting. I, I had no idea that's how that worked. Yeah. That's a short. That's a, one of many ways, but that's a basic overview of what you could do to short the stock. Now, obviously, it takes the entire humanity out of the equation. You're betting against a company that employs people, that gives people paychecks, things like that. What makes this even worse is that in your mind, mathematically, you could only say, well, you could only short a company as many stock shares as they have, right? Since I have to find enough Jasons to lend me the stock, I, I, I got to find people that already own the stock. Because there's other ways to short, you could technically short a stock to the tune of more shares than the stock actually has through some alternate methods. And as it appears, there were some financial institutions doing exactly what I just explained to you and shorting it in other ways so that these companies, in if GameStop fails, make a fortune. They make a fortune. And Jason, Wall Street bets on Reddit while already interested in GameStop and making small moves on GameStop, got wind of how heavily these companies were shorting GameStop. And let's just say they weren't exactly thrilled, huh? As I understood, that was, I believe it was, what I've seen was 140% of GameStop, GameStop, it's never going to end. GameStop shock was, 140% of the stuff was being shorted. Yeah, over 100% of the available stock was shorted that's wow yeah now see here's the problem in that whole scenario when you short a stock if i borrow those hundred shares from jason at 50 a piece and i sell them and i get that five grand and i wait and i wait and i wait for the price to go down but it doesn't or it up, worse like... it goes, <laughs> it goes up. up yeah i'm still on the hook to give Jason 100 shares, Better. even if I have to buy them at a higher price than I actually got when I sold them. So if, if they go those back, I'll send Yacht after you. And yeah, he's right. <laughs> if those go up to 100 bucks and the due date comes due, I got to buy 100 shares at $100 a piece and give them back to Jason and just take a bath. Now we're just talking about 100 shares here at low dollar amounts. Imagine when you're talking about thousands upon thousands of shares and the stock price keeps going up because Wall Street bets and individual investors start putting the pressure on by buying stock, increasing the demand, and pushing the price up. These companies are on the verge of insolvency at that point mm -hmm. because your losses are theoretically infinite. Uh, as the right. as the price mm -hmm. continues to go up. Here's the catch-22, Yod. To get those shares back, you have to buy them. And what does buying shares do to a stock price? Makes it go up. It makes it go up even further. <laughs> <laughs> so this is called a short squeeze. Wall Street bets was starting to inflate the price of... GameStop stock to the point that these companies got can in uh, specific Melvin uh, Financial 
is one big one, got very, very worried about their short positions. And so started having to buy stock to cover their ass to be able to give the stock back to people they borrowed it from or cover their other shorts. Uh, but their act of buying the shares back further inflated the stock, which made the Wall Street bets people pretty happy because now the stock was higher than when they bought it too, which is ultimately right. what you want when you buy stock. So it really started putting the squeeze on the short sellers here. They got to make a move. They got to get out of their short position and buy the stock, which means a lot of wealth is going to transfer out of the super wealthy. Now we're gonna not gonna get into like the the whole Robin Hood uh, shutting things down, which to me that's illegal and SEC needs to be all over. We're not gonna get in that. This is a gaming show. We're gonna keep this just to the GameStop situation, not the fallout after that. But the fallout on the company wise was that, uh, yeah, a lot of these companies bought out of their short positions to the tune of millions, nay, billions actually, between 20 and 30 billion is the estimated losses for these companies right now for shorting this stock as hard as they were shorting it, all because thousands of Redditors and individual investors like us put the squeeze on an over-leveraged short position. I mean, it's kind of a David versus Goliath story that GameStop well, just... Against yeah, <laughs> that GameStop just happens to be in the middle of, Yod. Is, isn't this how gambling works, though? I mean, well, that's the that, thing. That is Wall Street, what you're doing on Wall Street, Wall Street would have gambling, you believe that no, you know, not a thing that they do is gambling. And that's BS. Right. <laughs> and what's funny here, Jason, is that you, you look at it and you go, well, isn't that pumping and dumping, which is not allowed, right? Jason and I can't own a company and in, uh, unfairly influence the stock price to drive right. it way up and then dump our stock. That's called a pump and dump. Now, you would think, well, wait, this all GameStop isn't worth 200 a share or 300 a share or 400 a share or 450 a share. The company just is not worth that much. Aren't they just artificially inflating the stock price? And there's an argument, Jason, that, yeah, that is what is going on. But you can't compare it to a traditional pump and dump because these are a bunch of individual investors investing in a company. You don't have any reason to believe that they're have some type of information that is leading to this decision uh, besides hey, I think the stock's going to go up because these short guys are going to have to get out, which is going to drive the price up, and I'm going to make some money. Uh, good luck proving something like that. Yeah, that's been going on for, like you said, over a year and a half. So this has been a, a long position, a long game they've been playing, and it's not due to any sort of like short-term. Like, sure, the past week, week and a half, two weeks, have driven it up even further. People have seen what's going on, but that's not because of, like you said, inside information, anything, anybody at GameStop doing anything crazy. Basically, Wall Street got beat at its own game yard, and then all of a sudden decided we need to change the rules on the I fly. Find it hilarious, because there yeah. was there's no other way to look at it besides a massive transfer no. of wealth. Yeah. you know, it, millions and billions of dollars coming out of very wealthy investment firms, mm -hmm. individuals, and going to you know the Mikes, the Jasons, the Yods of the world, um, which is great if only, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, they they want everybody to get involved in the stock market, but not not if you beat us, <laughs> not if you beat us. Yeah, right? it, it, I like to think of it as like a casino when you're counting cards. Yeah, yeah. Come in and play the slots and get beat at blackjack, but not if you're doing well. Yep. Right. right. Yep. 
Um, I, mean, I don't have any wins. compassion for for any of the, these firms here. When you over leverage to that degree, you kind of deserve having it. You know, and that's I, I told you we weren't going to get into the Robin Hood thing, but <laughs> that's the one. Besides being illegal in my mind, uh, mm-hmm. the one thing that I don't like is that well, wait, you you shut down trading of GameStop except the sell option and said it was for the investors to kind of save them because you know the stock's going to go down. You don't want Jason, you know, mortgaging his house and putting that money in there knowing that there's a chance many of these people are going to lose money. Many of these individuals will at some point when you build a bubble, it does pop. That 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 will certainly happen at some point in this situation when or at what price, I don't know, but it will happen. And some people will lose some money because they got in too late and hung on too long. Uh, that'll happen. Wait, I'm, I'm not aware of any such safeguard when it comes to companies over-investing or over-leveraging and somebody looking out for them and stopping them from doing it. Mm. By the way, this is what happened in the 2008 crash here in the United <laughs> States when you hear of some of those people that made millions on that crash. Again, the dehumanizing aspect of this. There were people that shorted the housing market. They saw that it was going to collapse and they bet that it was going to collapse and they made hundreds of millions of dollars on the back of you losing your house. Yeah. On the bright side, if GameStop does collapse, that's not going to be as bad for general economy as the housing market. Right. <laughs> right. True, but it's still... All right, so now that you understand the whole situation, and we only took 15 minutes to do it, which I think is pretty good. Poor GameStop kind of caught in the middle here. (laughs) Like, poor GameStop kind of caught in the middle here in the crossfire. The the, the three biggest investors in GameStop, or shareholders in GameStop, I mean, they raked in tens of millions of dollars a day on paper, on paper, I should say, uh, none of them, to to as of this recording, have like dumped a bunch of stock or anything. What I will say that I'm surprised because my son said, "Well, what does this mean for GameStop?" And ironically, not much. Uh. It, it really doesn't mean much. It's not like they get uh, a bunch of capital to play around with. It's not like you know. It's good to have your your name splashed all over the media. That's great. Uh, f- fantastic. Uh, for people that have stock, you might make some money in it. That's great, too. There was a 10-year-old uh, who got some shares two years ago for his birthday in San Antonio from his mom that all of a sudden they were worth $3,200. Uh, and so they cashed them out, put $2,200 into the 10-year-old savings, and reinvested $1,000. I mean, it's, you lo- I love stories like that. But for the company itself, I don't think it means much, Jason. Um, the... What I am surprised that they didn't do is AMC and some other stocks kind of got caught up in this too, where where their other companies were shorting their stocks really hard, AMC movie theaters. Uh, AMC, when their price went up, they they issued more shares and used that money to kind of restructure and, and eliminate like almost 600 million in debt. I was really surprised not to see GameStop do the same put a bunch of shares out onto the market and use those funds to reorganize or pay down some of their debt. I think they missed an opportunity and I think it's a little too late to do it now, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's not going to mean much for the company itself. It's still in trouble as yeah. a, as a brick and mortar video game place. It has been for a long time, so I think that even this little short-term blip is just not going to go over as anything significant for them. Yeah, GameStop. I could could have been anybody. Could have been any company. Yeah. Just happened yep. to be GameStop. That uh, which you know it, it was probably a pretty safe bet. 
that the company was going to have some hard times. They were already talking yet about closing like a thousand locations and laying people off and converting from predominantly brick and mortar to predominantly online, which is what they want to do is not a short-term profitable plan. It's a long-term play. Yeah. They, they were already in the process of restructuring. I don't, I don't think they were looking at, you know, changing any of that. So it really doesn't matter. It kind of shows you that in a lot of ways, what happens on Wall Street doesn't really affect the, you know, standard stores that much. Yeah, and this has nothing to do with gaming, but if you needed yet right. more proof that Wall Street and Main Street, when I say Main Street, I mean the economy in general, are not right. related, this should prove, again, they're not related. As oh, yeah. if last year during April and May, when there's like 13% unemployment in the United States and the, the stock market is going through the roof, if you ever needed any proof that the stock market is not an indicator of the general economy, please stop. T break that tie in your head. I know they want you to have that tie in your head. I know they do. And I know why they do. But it's not true. It's not true. And poor GameStop gets caught in a crossfire. You got to be like, fuck, I'd really love to sell my 13% share in this company that I just bought three weeks ago. But... You basically seal the deal of the company if you do it at that point. Right. Basically, that, that's the amazing thing about this is how well they've been able, Wall Street bets especially, have been able to really keep people holding as opposed to selling. Because mm. you got to figure, like I said, you know, people who bought, even when it was at like, you know, 60 or $70, that's worth whatever, quadruple that now or something. It's, that's yeah. really hard to hold on to. You get yeah. to quadruple your money, basically. But yeah, it closed Friday part, at 325 and there's been yeah. after hours trading, you know, going on here now, but we won't see the actual price until Monday morning when the, the right. stock exchange opens up. But $300, $325, if you bought in at $13, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're getting a huge return. But Jason, to your point, that was the biggest part of this was not just inflating the stock price there, but holding, holding the, those shares because it is incredibly yeah i would love to get out oh no actually actually i'm wrong the best part the best part of been watching the financial experts and hedge fund managers on tv practically crying yeah <laughs> crying who, or shouting who or is the one guy this is just a bunch of common people using their stimulus checks to to get back <laughs> at the wealthy yeah yeah yeah, sure. yeah i mean yeah. yeah that's pretty much it totally yeah you know, and I understand that Wall Street bets, as Q's saying in chat, they're there to they're they're out to make a point right now. But to get so many non Wall Street bets people to go along and continue trying to make the point, because it was it was pretty important actually that they hold the stock price there until close Friday, since we hit the end of the month, a lot of shorts become due. Uh, so it was pretty yeah, important yeah. to hold the way they did. And unfortunately, like I saw this going on last Friday when it was about thirty eight or thirty nine, and I was like. Ah. I really, I was going to like put five G's in, but I was on furlough. So money was a little tight for me to be making that gamble Tuesday morning. I was like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so I didn't do it. I didn't make millions on this one, but yeah, GameStop in the, in the news. And now you understand exactly what's going on. Your final thoughts on it, Jason, where do you think this actually goes from here? I don't think it's as important that they hold for too much longer. Uh, since we yeah. they, they got through the month. But there are going to be individuals that lose here because when a bubble pops, it pops fast. I think it's going to hold more or less or just kind of have a steady decline for the first maybe two weeks or so of February. And then 
come back down to maybe and and probably it's gonna be like steady, steady, steady down, and then suddenly it's gonna be like boom. Yeah. Once once everyone realizes the party's over and whatnot, then I think it's gonna collapse back down. Hopefully, not too many people who couldn't afford it were doing it, but you'll probably hear a story or two. Yep. And I I'm gonna be very interested, Yod, to watch what the SEC and other regulatory organizations do on the fallout stuff which we're like i said we're not going to get too into here on blocking people from making trades who were individuals and things like that but it's certainly very interesting as a gamer to watch it's like (laughs) gamers gamified wall street and then wall street got pissed that they did it (laughs) i i I mean they've they've all been practicing playing animal crossing right on how (laughs) stuff works (laughs) 2020 was all let's see what we could do with turnips all right now let's apply that (laughs) Exactly. Jason, you look like you're thinking about something. I'm trying to say Gamestop stock short. Gamestop stock short. Gamestop stock short. How about Gamestop stock short squeeze? (laughs) We're not going that far. All right. Now, the rest of the show today is a bunch of seriously and dams. It's literally, if you saw our show notes, that's what it is. It's a seriously's and dams. And so the first seriously goes out with a question mark to Activision Blizzard. Gameindustry.biz reporting that Activision Blizzard says, hey, interviewing diverse candidates for every opening in our company, that's just unworkable. That's just unworkable. I, I, I can see both sides to that. Well, let's get into it a little bit because you're not wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. If I'm a company, I don't necessarily want anybody trying to tell me how to run my company. However, however, that really wasn't the ask here. So the AFL-CIO Labor Federation wanted to propose a corporate, in gaming, uh, corporate speak, a, a Rooney rule if you're familiar with the NFL, uh, the National Football League here in the United States. Let's assume they're not. The Rooney Rule <laughs> is put in place named after the owner of my, uh, well, former owner of my Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rooney family still owns it, but who it's named after, he does not anymore. Uh, and it requires that when they interview in the NFL for coaching positions, that they interview at least one minority candidate for those positions. So the AFL-CIO was proposing to multiple gaming companies, including Activision Blizzard, uh, that anytime they interview people for a working position at all levels of the company, this can enhance long-term company performance if you make sure that you interview uh, a diverse candidate. Now, they weren't saying you have to hire. They weren't Mm -hmm. trying to make recommendations on what they're looking for in a candidate as far as skill set, as far as schedule, as far as availability, you know, any of that stuff. All they were trying to say was, hey, we think that you should adopt this. And by the way, they can't really force them to. What normally happens, Jason, in this situation, right, is they make a recommendation and, and most of the time companies might say, well, we're not willing to do that, but we'll do this. And then everybody just goes away happy. Sometimes the company just flat out says no, and the AFL-CIO kind of takes it to their shareholders meeting. And if the shareholders vote saying yes, then the company has to do it. 
But uh, here, Blizzard kind of turned around and just said, no, that's not, that's not sustainable in our business model, which uh, is a little bit surprising of a public reply, I think. And this came from initially from the attorneys. We're going to get to how they tried to fix this in a minute. This is just the initial statement they made, Jason. Yeah, they said uh, yeah, that we, we value the diversity of Activision Blizzard community and understand our employees and players come from a wide array of backgrounds. In order to develop epic and engaging entertainment for a diverse, growing global audience, our workforce, workforce must reflect those communities. However, they said that uh, later on, yeah, uh, such an approach to all hiring decisions amounts to an unworkable encroachment on the company's ability to run its business and compete for talent in a highly competitive, fast-moving market. So basically they said, yeah, we'd rather not. We'd rather not go by that rule that you're suggesting. Yeah, they already do this for their executive positions, it should be noted. Activision does have a similar type rule for executive positions. Excuse me. But what the AFL-CIO was trying to do was open this up to all positions. Now, Yod, you said you can kind of see the both sides of this argument, and I don't think you're wrong necessarily here. Uh, but I'd like to get a little more on, on what you see from Activision's side here. Okay, so from Activision side, say, say you're you're hiring for an artist position, right? You're, you're hiring for the the say character modeler position, um, and you get X amount of applications in. Those applications are going to come from a certain number of people, and they may or may not include women, minorities. They could be all white people, could be all white dudes. It could be all Asian dudes, it could be all women. You, you never know. But to to have a rule that requires them to include everyone in that pool and to have to go through every single one of those applications and those portfolios makes that process of hiring someone for that job that you need, that your, your, uh, your game is on the line because you need that talent in there. It just makes that timetable untenable. Cuz you got to go through every single one of them. You got to have you got to give each one of them a fair shake, you know? No, but it does it, it doesn't say that though. That's not what they they were trying to do. They were trying to say that just one minority person needs to be interviewed. So then it this but, to, to me it doesn't like again, I agree with you that at the end of the day, I, if I'm running a company, I really don't want to be told by anybody how I should run my company as long as I'm doing everything, you know, legally and above the above board and all that stuff. Leave me the hell alone. I'm a private company or I'm a public company in this case. Uh, let me let me do my thing. And you know what? If I am a public company and you want to change some rules, the board has to decide that. Go away. I just think this was a really stupid thing for the the lawyers to say out loud. One. You didn't need yes. to make this statement. Yes. The statement could be, hey, AFL-CIO, all recommendations need to go to the board and let them vote on it. Right. I mean, that that could have been it. But all they're the asking is for bad. one, for at least one minority candidate to be interviewed. Now, I think in, in your case, like you, you described going through, let's, I got 20 applications. If all 20 right. of them are white guys, then there is nothing I can do about that under this rule. There's but no, okay. There, I don't. It's it's not that I have to go find a minority candidate, bring them in, just to satisfy this. In certain aspects of the rule, you have to. Because if that rule is in play, and then someone comes in later on and goes, "Hey, I'm a minority candidate," 
I may have missed the deadline, but I want to do this. Why don't you look at me? Because you missed the deadline. But yeah, I'm a minority <laughs> candidate. You have to look at a minority yeah. candidate. I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like that. I'd have to see how they exactly plan the rule. But if you don't, if you don't submit an application, we're not going to hire you for the job. That's a, that's yeah. That's that, kind of the basic first part of it, I think. Right, right. Like if I get 20 <laughs> candidates for a job and they're all white guys, and the posting date has come, then that's you. Know, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to interview 20 white guys, and maybe I'll hire one, or maybe I'll repost this thing again. Uh, it's to hey, if I got 20 applications and 19 of them are white guys, and one is let's say an Asian female. I have to interview the Asian female and then I can pick from the 19 white guys who I want to go interview. If I have more than one minority candidate, I could bring them all in if I want. I could bring just one in that I think is super qualified for the job. Like I don't, again, I don't like being, companies being told what to do, but when a company isn't doing things equitably, and I have no reason to believe that Activision Blizzard isn't already doing things equitably. I'm not right. accusing them of anything. But they right. don't exactly have the best track record as far as this type of stuff goes when you hear big complaints. Coming, coming from the side of being a minority and applying for jobs, there is also the aspect of when you're hired on and you're looking around at your coworkers and you think, was I hired only because, you know, I'm that token? Right, but this rule doesn't doesn't go did, did to I, that point though it doesn't make any requirements of the actual hirees just the interviewees but where does it stop though because you right there. Start, you, you no, you start out with that you start out with that of you have to at least interview them you have to at least interview them and then you know, nobody measures up, so you just you just move on and you keep hiring who you hire. And then all of a sudden they go, hey, wait a minute. Why don't you hire any of these people? You need to hire these people more of these people. And it just it just keeps going and going and going. It, it's a So you're not so you're you're okay, so I think I understand then where you're coming from. Let me let me know if, yeah. if this is right. You're coming more from the you don't have any real problem with this ask, but you might have concerns with the potential next ask. Right. It's the door that it opens. Hmm. And if you're if you start requiring the hiring of certain checkboxes rather than the best people for the job, no matter what color they are or what sex they are, or you know, what other whatever persuasion they are, that the idea, as I've as yeah. I've understood the Rooney rule in the NFL, the idea is, yeah, okay, you want then to occasionally hire a minority. If he says like, give like five, five head coaching options, and one of the four of them are white guys, and one is a black guy, you want that black guy to get an interview. Right. You don't necessarily need him to be hired though, but hopefully he gets that interview, and maybe down the road you'll hire him for something else later on. He he's maybe like the second best guy, maybe prefer the white guy, but at least this guy gets his foot in the door, gets some experience, gets gets experience with that interview and maybe learns better with his next one and so forth maybe that'll help as well yeah and i'd have to look into the rooney rule but i don't think it requires that you go find to to yod's point a token minority interview candidate and just drag them in having not applied I, I, like I, I think the rooney rule might but only because it's you don't like submit an application through a form to be an nfl right. head coach so yeah you, you kind of know the guys that are out there you yeah, know eric yeah, the enemy exists you know 
So that's a little different. But, so they're actually yeah. going and picking the people that they right. want ahead of time. I, I would imagine in this case, like you, you need a QA person and 20 white guys apply and the posting has expired. Yeah. Then you don't have to go find Yod on the street and be like, hey, could you come and interview real quick? I don't think that's what the AFL-CIO yeah. is open, opening up here. And again, I'm not going to tell you, Yod, that I think you're wrong. I, I hate the slippery slope argument. Uh, you know, it, that's always a thing in this type of discussion. I can also see the, the side of, hey, you know, include more people in your hire in your interviewing process. That's you know, that's a totally right, you know, legit thing as well. Well Blizzard did come out and say, hey, uh <laughs> this was like a day later by COO Daniel Allegre. Activision Blizzard is committing to inclusive hiring practices and to creating a diverse workforce. It is essential to our mission. Vice completely mischaracterized the SEC filing made by our outside attorneys. In fact, our hiring practices are rooted in ensuring diversity for all roles. We engage in this aggressively and successfully. Our objection was rooted in the fact that the AFL-CIO proposal failed to in, uh, adequately consider how to apply these practices in all of the countries we operate in, where populations may differ, right? If you have an office in Africa, you will probably get more black gentlemen to apply than if you had an office in Pittsburgh, PA, where you'll probably get more white gentlemen applying, right? Demographics right. of the particular area your offers, uh, offices are in. Our games have right. uniquely influenced popular culture and have helped to increase tolerance and inclusion through their connectivity, as well as the heroes we portray and our stories that celebrate diversity, equity, and inclusion in so many powerful ways, unless you say something like, you know. Free Hong Kong. Go Hong Kong. Uh, in order to ensure that our games stay true to our mission to connect and engage the world through epic entertainment, we require that all candidates of all backgrounds, ethnicities, genders, races, and sexual orientations are considered for each and every open role. We aggressively recruit diverse candidates so the workforce provides the inspired creativity required to meet the expectations of our diverse 400 million players across 190 countries. We remain committed to increasing diversity at all levels throughout Activision Blizzard worldwide. Well, I would just like to say, Jason, first off, that the accusation that Vice mischaracterized what the outside attorneys said uh, is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It's a direct quote that, hey, this policy leaves no room for companies management. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong quote. Um, do, 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 where is it? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I scrolled down so that I could uh, actually read the follow-up quote. Yeah. While the company has implemented a Rooney Rule policy as envisioned for director and CEO nominees, implement implementing a policy that would extend such an approach to all hiring decisions amounts to an unworkable encroachment on the company's ability to run its business and compete for talent in a highly competitive, fast-moving market. Um, it's kind of bullshit to then come out and say Vice mischaracterized that quote. Yeah. Yeah, the later one, too, is the, says the proposal leaves no room for the company's management or board of directors to exercise discretion in how new hire decisions are structured. Your objection again, was not that they, hey, they failed to think about how we operate in so many different countries and how we might not be able to do this in certain circumstances. No, no. if that no. was your argument, that was the <laughs> argument that the lawyers would have made. Your argument through the lawyers was just, no, this doesn't work. It's unworkable for the way we do it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it is. That's the thing. Like maybe to his point, Yod, and, yeah. to, and a little bit to your point, Yod, 
They're saying, look, I can't guarantee that we could abide by that rule. In Maybe I can do it here in our California branch, very ethnically diverse uh, population, but I can't do that in, I don't know, pick pick a uh, country. I can't, do, I can't do that in Japan. <laughs> in our Japan Yeah, and I think there would have been, you know, this, would, this would have been a non-story. It would nobody would even know about it. They would have said, "Hey, we're not averse to adopting that policy, but hey, in the last five years, every position we've put on the block in Japan, Jason, we've gotten nothing but Japanese men and women. That's all. Sure. That's all we get. You know, applying for the jobs. So in those situations, is it okay if I only interview Japanese men and women? No, they replied back, "Nope, nope, unworkable. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it." Yeah. yeah. It's like what you were saying earlier. If they said, you know, like, you know, usually you come back a little bit, so we can't do it this way, but we'll try it this way. Yeah, if they'd said that, fine, but they just seem to issue a straight-up denial that they'd be able to do it at all. Yeah, and it's just another example of just Activision, like, can't get out of its own way sometimes. Yep. Activision Blizzard just can't get out of its own way sometimes, man. But speaking of getting out of the way, if you want to do some driving... Get out of the way if anybody's driving a Tesla, apparently. Because now... You'll be able to play games as high quality as The Witcher 3 in your Tesla. Well then. Now, you could already play games in your Tesla, right? Now, it's just a, a new uh, system behind it that is making it amped up and be able to run games like The Witcher. Uh, the best result or the best reply to this I saw was when Cyberpunk crashes more than your car. Uh, yeah. That was a pretty good reply. That was a pretty good reply. Uh yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Like obviously it's got a it, I don't I don't own a Tesla. Can somebody tell me does obviously that thing does not let you watch video or play games while the car is in motion like other cars, Which right? Which one is well, the, 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 uh, the Tesla actually has an auto drive feature. That's what I was trying to see if the models yeah. are talking yeah, about. Yeah, if the models them. they yeah, talk they about do yeah, though. They all do. All all of their models out there they update the software like that. And it <laughs> It's they've all got an auto drive feature, so you know. I don't I don't know if the last thing I want to see when my car goes careening off a cliff is The Witcher Three. Like I just don't know if that's what I want my attention to be focused on. But it's it's also that like I think uh, when I was reading the article, like the main screen, you can't play it on the main screen. Right. It's one of the it's one of the secondary screens for the front seats and the the middle console for the back seat right. has a screen or something like that that you can play on. So it's not like the all the important information scrolling by of how fast you're going and all that stuff is where yeah. you're playing your Witcher game. Yeah, you could just toss your car to your Witcher. Just, just <laughs> and look. At least it's not a driving game. That would really screw you up. <laughs> Let's play the Need for Speed. <laughs> uh, speaking of cyberpunk, uh, fix it your fucking selves. Mods are available. Yo. Mods are available. Uh, of course they are. Of course they are. The modding. I mean, it's cool that the modding tools are, are available. You can go and get them at cyberpunk.net, but yeah, go yeah. and fix them yourself. <laughs> that's basically that's all I can think of when I see this. Just mm, We're throwing the tools yeah. out there so you can fix it. Yeah. I mean, what, they time? recently had to release a patch that fixed the last patch thing right. it did. So, yeah. Uh, what else that. do we got? Oh, Halo Infinite got an update mm. this week. We haven't heard from them in a while since the delay. Uh. Turns out they're going to be releasing monthly uh, updates on their development throughout 2021. 
which I think honestly is good for the game, uh, particularly for the PR of the game because it kind of shot itself in the foot right off the bat. And then three weeks later, shot itself in the head as far as being part of the Xbox uh, Series <laughs> X release schedule. Um, the first one is out, talking about uh, the sandbox, some weapons, uh, and just it was pretty basic. There's a lot there for Halo fans. Uh, I know, Yod, I'm going to give you most of the time on this one being a Halo fan. Did you flip Please through do. it? Do you like this approach? Are you looking forward to this? It. What's up? Uh, I, I did skim through it. It it did. It was a lot of introduction, like who are you, what do you do here, that type of thing. So I, I was skimming through it, but PR wise, like you said, I think it's a really good thing. It is a really good thing that they are letting people know what they're doing, and they're not going to rush the game. They they realize they screwed up on the graphics, and they want to fix things, and they want to release the game that people want. Cool. But wasn't it supposed to be a launch title? And, and and I've seen like more merchandise for it than any other information on the game until now. So pre-order your pre-order your stuff, Yod. Just I, become part no. of the the, the uh, capitalist train. Let's go. No, no, uh, uh. I I I recently I have gone to the model of I am not pre-ordering anything. Unless it's like an MMO or something that I want on day one to keep up with all my friends. Anything that's uh, one player or you know a single player storyline, I'm gonna wait till the day it drops, or maybe later. Is this like, a, you know, is this enough cyberpunk. to keep you interested? Or I mean, I know you're already interested in the game, but does this at least keep you like, I don't know, calmer than wow? Things are going really badly here. I don't even know if I should be excited about this anymore. Does this kind of start to steer the ship into a more calm water for you as a, a Halo fan? I think a little bit. I think it's it's um, it's good to let your fans know what's going on. That's very important for communication with your fans. Now if they actually do it is another story. Right. That's the other thing. The yeah. fact that they say it's a monthly thing makes me think that it's the game's further off than we even realize. Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely a valid point there, Jason, that, so, hey, if we're going to do this monthly through 2021, this is not coming out in the first half of the 2023. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a while still. Right. Like, like I, I get having the monthly things. It's kind of neat to have. But like you were saying, it's really long. Yod was like, it's mostly introductions. I just like, I, I started reading like the first two paragraphs. Now my eyes were glazing over. <laughs> and I'm not a Halo fan. I'm not really into it, but put something up that's going to get people interested more, I think. Like, this is, I, I don't want to say that everything's got to be you know, spectacular and, and flashy and so on, but give something a little more entertaining to read, I think, than interviews with yeah, it five is, people it talking about sandbox. Movie. Right. Yeah. They, they, I hope the next one is a little better. And I might actually read it. Uh, and hopefully that's what it is. Just like, you know, kick it off. Here's what we're going to do. Here's who's going to do it. And now, you know, we'll see you next month with our first steps of what we're doing. Hopefully that was the intent. Hopefully, yeah. It, it almost felt like they were trying to do like uh, like what um, oh, Bungie. What Bungie yeah. does with their Vidox for Destiny. Where they they you know they talk to the artists and they talk to this person. But they're Vidox. They're, you know, yeah. you watch yeah. them. You watch they, what they're doing, and, and in this case, it's just 
a wall of text. Yeah, and they do a weekly piece. <laughs> they, they do this week in Bungie, and we read that. Right. And I usually write it up right. for Mobile, and that's that's okay to read. Yeah. It's got some right. pictures, it's got a little like kind of concise, you know, a couple bullet points of cool stuff. Exactly. Those are good. They're, this was not. This yeah. was yeah, not. Yeah, they're trying it's to not do seven the seven scrolls version, long. Though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Only seven. Oh, no, it was more than seven. Hang on. <laughs> it depends on what you're looking at it on. <laughs> Pay on. How many times have I press my page down button? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. 25 times to get to the bottom. On the other hand, in shooter games that you can actually play, The Division 2 on February 2nd will get its Xbox Series X and uh, PlayStation 5 upgrade to be in 4K resolution, 60 frames per second. And you can get the Resident Evil 2 apparel that was teased in the Resident Evil anniversary uh, celebration. So, Division 2 players, there you go. Alright, real quick, we got four dams before we get to the game of the week and call it a day. First up, damn, that is a lot of people, Jason, as Xbox Game Pass subscribers hits 18 million. Million. That's almost as many as are actually like on Steam at any one time. That is... That's like 25 million or something, I think, so that's actually... Nuts. And this is subscribers, people actually paying money, you know, the whole time. Yeah. So. 18 million, 15 million previously reported in September. What's the, uh, I'll say, I was thinking, usually when you talk about World of Warcraft, remember that peaked at 12 million subscribers? That was like the big number at that time. So this is one and a half times larger than that. Yeah. On the earnings call, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella also revealed that Xbox Live has more than 100 million monthly active users and also said the launch of the Xbox Series X and S was the most successful in Microsoft's history with, quote, the most devices ever sold in a launch month. Now, that doesn't provide any information on how well it might be doing in Japan, which I think is really where everybody is kind of watching Microsoft's performance right now. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that whole Zenimax purchase is paid for. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually say. saw some stat on that this week too. That like the the revenue from the consoles paid for the Zenimax purchase two or three times over too. So, guess they're done on that front. But damn, that is a lot of people. And now, damn, that yeah. is a lot of money. We've talked about Amazon, Jason and I many many times amazon game studio mostly on the free to play cast over on mmobomb.com but we've also talked a little bit about it on here with new world coming up sometime this year and we've often speculated that they thought they could get through any problem with money and <laughs> that seems to be what they tried as game industry uh, gamesindustry.biz reports that amazon is reportedly spending yeah. nearly oh i'm sorry bloomberg uh, yeah, nearly, Jason Schreier, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nearly $500 million a year on its video game division. Now, pump the brakes, because when I initially saw that number, I was like, that doesn't seem like all that much, because in my brain, Twitch was part of their video game stuff. And so some of that $500 million was probably on various Twitch exercises or development or research or... no. Nope. That number does not include Twitch, the streaming service that Amazon bought in 2014, nor its cloud streaming service, Amazon Luna. Remove that from the equation, too. 
$500 million a year, Jason, and they have not published one game. Published one, and then, then they unpublished it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember when uh, Star Wars Old Republic was coming out, and we thought the budget was on that. We, we thought it to be around like 200 or 300 million, and yeah. that was for the whole game, for the for whole the development, for like four or five years or whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, what can you say, Yod? That is such a huge number. And they, like, brought in all kinds of talent, right? Some high names or, or yeah. some at least well-storied names in particularly MMORPG land. But $500 yeah. million a year. How long have they been open? I don't know. How long is it? Uh, when were they founded? 2012 is when they said they kicked off the games initially. Now, it might not have been $500 million right from the start. Right. So right. Let's, but let's say, let's, year, give them, so. let's give them the first four years having not spent 500 million. In fact, we'll say the first 4 years they spent zero. <laughs> they spent zero. That means in 5 years they've spent 2 and a half billion dollars. Yeah. In the last 5 uh, years. Nothing. 2 and a half billion on a game that nothing. is supposed to come out sometime later this year and a publishing opportunity with or a slight collaboration with Athlon Games on the Lord of the Rings MMO and a publishing opportunity with what we presume to be Smilegate's Lost Ark. Okay. <sighs> I. That's a damn. I, that's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. I. I mean, reading that article, it's like there's apparently some bad corporate culture going on there because they keep losing people. Oh, I'm stunned. I'm. Here's my shocked and amazed face. Yeah. Yeah. Corporate yeah. bad culture? No. No way. Two left when, when, for when I, Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. I was going to say, when we when I, when I, Crucible shut down, I wrote a piece on M-Mobile and I said, you know, the one chance they have with New World is if if they actually start listening to their their game developers and not, you know, not having the guy in charge say, I know what's best and, and taking over everything. And according to that article... That's exactly what's been happening. Yeah. That uh, Rosini guy is just apparently taking control of everything and stifling all the other creativity in the, in the company. That's nuts. Two more. Here's a damn... Uh, wait, what? <laughs> so we had a damn, that's a lot of people. A damn, that's a lot of money. Here's a damn... Wh wait, what? Plex is launching a game subscription service. Now, if you don't know Plex, that's a streaming service for movies, TV shows, that type of thing. Also, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, but they're going to get into streaming games. And so first you say, damn, yeah. And then you hear details and you kind of say, wait, what? Because here's where we're going with this, Yod. I mean, have you ever been sitting there in your artistic chair, right? And you're like, I really... I really want to play something right now. I want to play a game. You know what I could go for? Shit, I don't own that. I wish I could just play Missile Command right now. <laughs> or maybe some Centipede. Or some oh, really? Super Breakout. Because the streaming service said, oh, upon launch, we'll have seven or 27 total games from the Atari 2600 and 7800. <laughs> And the service is going to cost you $3 a month if you already have the Plex Pass, uh, if not $5 a month for on-demand uh, Atari games, Yod. Uh, now, I do use Plex. I do as well. I've, 
I am familiar with the system setup. I, I've I've transferred it from one computer to another, my server before. A lot of it is um community based. And a, a lot of what you need to do is knowing how to format things and where files live. And that's just gonna be a big old cluster for video games because of how intertwined things are. So I don't know how this is gonna work when they get above. Yeah. Let me tell the you Atari how it's gonna game. work. It's it's very easy. It's very easy. It's very yeah. easy. Unlike yeah. other game subscription services where you just sign up from your console and start playing, right? This is different. This is different. Yeah. Plex yeah. Arcade has just a few requirements and you're up and running, Jason, like this, right? Here's what you do. Mm -hmm. First, uh, you have to have a Plex media server running on a Windows or a Mac OS computer, okay? No Linux support because Plex uses Parsec uh, to stream the gameplay. Uh, that means it, you're going to have to sign up for a Parsec account as well if you don't already have one. Log it in onto Plex. And then there's a bit more freedom when it comes down to what you can stream the games to as Android devices that are TV supported can be used there. You could use the Google Chromecast uh, and Apple's iOS and tvOS. You can play on, they say, just about any Bluetooth-enabled controller. And it also supports you adding your own emulators and ROMs, which is nice, but it's overall a bit of a tough sell because guess what? You can just add all the fucking ROMs <laughs> on the computer you started this whole thing from <laughs> and not have to pay 3 to $5 a month as long as you're morally bankrupt and don't mind pirating shit. <laughs> You know, it's interesting that the first line of this article said Plex, well known as a service for streaming movies. And I was like, I, I've never heard of it. Really? So no. Oh, no. I've used Plex for quite no. some time. Yeah. Okay. Well, granted, that's nice. No, that's granted, nice. they only recently, within the past, I want to say, year and a half to two years, offered their own streaming yeah. of movies where you can log into your Plex account on Plex without. Yeah any friends or yeah, your own let's server. Let's just go ahead and not talk about what most of us use Plex for. Um. Right. <laughs> right. But think, that might be why you haven't heard of it up until yeah. now, Jason. Okay. Jason, it yeah, just anyway. means that out of the three of us, you're the least morally bankrupt. <laughs> well, uh, maybe not. I just, I just, I'm not maybe the best informed of all of you. There you go. Uh, well, let, me, let me say this, though, that I, I thought about this, this site that I used to use a long time ago. It's still around. Console Classics. That's C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. And from there, they have a little emulator. You can play like almost every Atari 2600 mm -hmm. game there is yep. out there. Mm -hmm. And it's free and it's legal. Yep. You can pay to get other stuff as well if you want. But I, I, I don't see why I wouldn't use that instead of this thing. This, this thing sounds awful. This is the dumbest yeah. idea ever. That's why yeah, I said, I, damn, wait, they're doing a... Oh, wait, what? Wait, what? I mean, they did say they're experimenting with it. And... <laughs> Whether the community wants it or not is if it will live the or die. The answer is no. Community ain't gonna want this. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I I know the answer as well. Trust me. I know the answer, but that is what their official thing is. Because I I also got an email from them saying, "Hey, we're trying this. Would you like to try it?" And you were like, and "Nah, like, I'm no, good." No. No. I can't think of a worse start, a worse kickoff to your system than having lag and shit on a Right. We just like maybe this isn't the best idea. Hold on, uh, hold on. Setup he needs to buffer. Yeah. Give me fifteen seconds. <laughs> Thank God I can get get my space invaders on. Um, 
All right, last one. Last, damn, that is a lawsuit right there. Last one. Valve getting its rich ass sued. Alleged to uh, be abusing Steam by creating an artificial barrier of entry for game developers. Now, this one's actually, I think, a little interesting, Jason, because on the surface level, I was kind of like, this is really dumb. But then as you read into it a little more, they might have a little bit of a suit here. I'm interested in how this plays out. So the suit spotted by The Hollywood Reporter and handled by attorneys at the Ohio-based law firms Voyer Satter states that Valve's most favored nations clause in its Steam distribution agreement forces developers to agree that the price of a PC game on the Steam platform will be the same price the game developers sell their PC games on other platforms. They note that Valve is abusing that clause by making it difficult for other platforms, such as Epic Games, store, uh, the Epic Game Store or others, and the Microsoft Store, to compete against Steam. So, Jason, you can publish your game on my platform, but if you sell it for $30 here, you got to sell it for $30 everywhere. Thus, if you already have 900 games on Steam, why on earth would the consumer ever think to go somewhere else and buy it? Because they don't save anything anywhere else. Now, this, granted, is a select section of games. It's not their entire publishing library. But I think there is a little something there, if you can prove that it's being abused. So my question then is, uh, I think it's $60 Hitman 3 on the Epic Game Store. How much is Hitman 3 on Steam right now? You can't buy it on Steam right now. Oh, okay. So why is that any better than what Valve is doing? If, right. if that doesn't get sued, why wouldn't this? Well, because there's a contract between uh, IO Interactive and Epic Games. There's, there's an exclusivity And there's a contract deal. we're talking about right here on Steam that says you have to do it at this, so... Right, but then the, the inclination is you don't if you don't do this, you don't get on Steam at all. And if you don't give Epic an exclusive, maybe you don't get it. Well, maybe they probably would still get it on that, yeah. I guess. But there's money changing hands. Epic is paying IO money. So there's a contract still. So right. and if in that this way, though, Steam is not paying to say, hey, keep the price the same, well, and sure. here's a little kickback. They're just saying, if yeah, you want to even do business with us, you got to stay at the same rate. Yeah, they are kind of paying because otherwise you're not getting that money from Steam. <laughs> True. You're not you're not making that much money. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think this is actually going to really go anywhere. I only think it does, Yod, because of how... And one of the points they make in the article is that they, they focus on in the lawsuit. And I think it's their best point. Whether it'll go anywhere or not, I don't know. I, I think they have an argument to be made is the only point that I'm saying. I don't think a judge is going to immediately say yes. Yeah. But they're saying, hey, Steam is the dominant platform for game developers to distribute and sell PC games to people. And because of that, this is unfair uh, across the board. I think that is the most compelling yeah. argument to make. Now, whether it'll hold legal water, yeah. again, you have to prove it's being abused and not, you know. That's Yeah, that's the whole thing is if it's being abused. And if there's you have to... You have to have the same, you know, is it the same price in perpetuity forever? No. Or is Steam it sales, man. Steam sales. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, there, there's going to be Steam sales. There's going to be PS4 sales. There's going to be, you know, um, Xbox sales or whatever. So sales are going to happen. So the, the rule 
if it's not in perpetuity, then, you know, it's like, eh, you can raise the argument, but I don't think it's going to hold water. Like, like, like Jason said, everybody, every platform has some kind of, some kind of contract, some kind of rule that you got to go by. It's like saying, oh, predominantly people are now using iPhone and iPhones are charging, you know, or it has whatever extra contract that you have to do with them. They can't do that. Well, why not? You want to use their platform. You got to sign the contract. You got to click that user yeah. agreement. I mean, this okay. definitely does put a, a, a pinch in that. Like you, you want to be epic and say, hey, Jason, that game, I'm going to subsidize your game. Actually, sell it on my platform for twenty dollars. I'll give you the other ten that you normally would make if you sold it for thirty, because I want to entice competition away from my competitors to the Epic Steam or to the Epic Game Store. You know, obviously, I, if Jason turns around and says, "Hey, I can't because of my contract with Steam," that sucks. It does stifle competition, but does it create a monopoly on it? Which again is the argument here. I think I don't know. I, I feel the same way as I, I do. Monopoly but, because you can buy it anywhere, but I, it doesn't create a fair <laughs> thing. Is what you're talking about? I, yeah, I, I feel. I get what you're saying. I feel the same way as I do against the whole Epic versus uh, Epic versus Apple thing. Like, there's definitely an argument there. I think there's an argument to be made, but I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out. This is one that I'll be watching too. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. Let's finish it up with our games of the week. Mr. Winter, you can go first since you won last week. Oh, yay. So I've been I've been realizing that I haven't yet uh, done a game of a week yet for a Total War game. So I looked through my library and decided, what is my favorite out of all of them? And I think I'm going to go with Total War Attila, which is my favorite because not only do you have to deal with all the different war going on as usual in a Total War game, but basically the whole world's kind of going to shit, which is the you know, fall, whole fall of Western civilization you got climate change coming down, making it harder to grow food and feed your people. So I really like the challenge of Total War, Attila, and that is my favorite Total War game. Awesome. I'm going to go with The Medium, which just came out this week for PC and for the Xbox. If you have Game Pass, it is on there as well. Uh, it's a psychological horror-type game in two realities. I'm not very far into it, so I don't know if the whole game is, is a payoff, but I am enjoying the atmosphere so far enough to give it a recommendation and I'm going to keep trying it out. I am planning on streaming some of it next week. We'll probably start over just so nobody's lost, but on Monday's stream. So I'm going to go with the medium. Now, whether the payoff is there, I don't know. Yad? Um, recently, I just saw another streamer play a game that I didn't even know existed that I want to check out called, uh, and it, it's, it's if you're familiar with the cartoon series or whatever, Voltron VR Adventures. <laughs> so it's actually a VR game where you actually play one of the pilots, and it looked like a lot of fun. That could be fun. Mm -hmm. But it's going. a VR game. Yeah, it is a VR yeah, game. Yeah, Jason won't play it. He's done. <laughs> Check that. But it, well, maybe that... it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Is that a rule? Can we actually can we choose games that we haven't played but we think look cool? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, week. I picked the medium, and I'm probably about 15 oh, minutes to half an hour into it. You know, yeah. so. Okay. That's why it's no big deal for me to start over on Monday on my stream Monday night. <laughs> uh, well, that is our show, chat. Make sure that you check out the comments on Ready Check Radio. Let us know who won Game of the Week for the three of us. And uh, while you're hanging in chat here, 
forgive us when we're done here. We'll go dead for about 30 seconds, but then we're going to be bringing up Mr. Torchwick. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. What about you? Ah, you finished Final Fantasy VI last week. You beat Kefka. Is it still number two on your list now that you're done? Yes, it's still number two. Final Fantasy IX has a beat out, but it's a very close second. All right, I guess there's no accounting for taste. What are we streaming Whoa, now? Okay. You started a new game older than you, since that's your whole your whole thing, games older mm-hmm. than me. What what game did you start for the second half of your stream last week that you're going to go into today? We're playing some original Fallout, back when it was still turn-based and strategy, not shooter. I heard you were a little shocked by how it played when you first started. Okay, so I knew it was going to be slower than what Bethesda is making now for obvious reasons it's it's turn based and still um but I didn't expect this slow is all like I, <laughs> I it's still like an action RPG or at least it's titled as such and so I was still expecting a little more action <laughs> <laughs> well, chat, if you want to check out Torchwick playing some Fallout, the original Fallout, hang tight in chat here as we wrap up the show. We'll see you, Torchwick, in just a few minutes. Next week, we will be back for Gaming Gumbo, and then we'll be off the following week once again. Until next week, Yod, where can everybody find you? Yod works on Twitter. Yod works on Facebook, uh, right here in front of my desk at this camera. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Every Winter. Saturday. Can we actually find you? Can we actually just go to your house and look at you? Um, <laughs> technically, yes. I don't really leave. That's so, wait. yeah. No, wait. He's armed. I don't want to do that. Yeah, don't All do right. that. Don't do that. Go, go, you find me on Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there on uh, at, on Twitter at MagicMan1. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio and come on by for any of our shows or streamers. Until next time, gang, stay safe. And we'll see you on the server. Later. <laughs> <laughs>